Have you ever been watching a bad movie and thought to yourself, wow, any half-drunk jackass could come up with a better pitch than this? Well, have I got a podcast recommendation for you. The Film Rescue Show is a podcast that does exactly that. They take a movie, break down what worked and what didn't, and then pitch a new, sometimes better version. And if you're interested but don't know which episode to start with, I've been on some of the best, such as Red Dawn, League of Extraordinary Gentlemen, Hellboy, Warcraft, Scott Pilgrim. You can find all these and The Film Rescue Show either by searching for The Film Rescue Show or Jaguar Shark on your favorite podcasting site. And welcome to Geeks with Shields, your home for all things good and nerdy in this the darkest timeline. I'm Lord Commander Ork, and I'm flying solo this week because, despite my best efforts, Waxel still migrates south for the winter. That walrus DNA is a damn. So, gonna roll through the intro real quick so we can get to our guest. First things first, we're gonna talk about our illustrious legion, the people that give us money to help fund the Waxel Project. Your dollars help make a difference. They are Pam Galley, Marquis, Chris Chipman, River Galley, Krug, Arthur Crane, Kevin Vay, Brendan Agnew, John Vinnels, Kit Kenny, Seth Decker, Donald Lucy, Carson Mel, Scott Rubin, Derek Ticotti, and Peter Cook. Now, if you'd like to join the illustrious legion, head over to patreon.com forward slash geeks with shields. If you join at the $5 tier, you'll get access to bonus content and Patreon will allow us to keep some of that money. Now, let's talk to our guest this week. Guest up here. Hello. <laughs> uh, I'm Donald Lucy. Uh, I am an archaeologist and I am also a longtime fan of the show. So it is very weird, but uh, really great to be here. So thanks for having me on. Uh, I'm terrible at introductions. Uh, um, so I suppose I should say uh, I'm, I'm a member of a group, a group called Archaeologists Engage. Um, so we are like a charity and we encourage archaeologists to do public outreach and we do public outreach and like community education about archaeology ourselves. Um, so if that's the kind of thing you're interested in, we've got a website called archaeologists-engage.org and we're also on uh, a bunch of social media, social media, Instagram, Blue Sky and Twitter, Arcs Engage and also on Facebook and um, because that's not enough stuff for me to be doing. I also moderate the Ask Archaeologists group on Reddit. So if you've got any oh, questions, boy. you can head over that way. An archaeologist oh, that's group already on scratching the surface, man. <laughs> I'm just thinking like an archaeologist group on Reddit is is interesting because ever since Google yeah. has gone to shit as a search engine, Reddit has somehow become the most reliable search engine you can get through Google. Yeah, bizarrely. Um, it, it, it's weird. It's like, yeah, no, you're going to get some bullshit, but there's enough aggregating shit that eventually you will find the right answer faster than if you just type into Google. But there's also a weird trend now of people using Reddit like Google and just asking Reddit the question yeah. instead of going and Googling it. And it would like take two seconds. Well, they like ask a question. Google's gone to shit. Like it's all AI generated ads and the Quora thing. It's like, yeah, I'm not, I'm not sure. But I'm, I'm just like, I know what discussing just the history space online is like. So I'm just imagining archaeology on Reddit and it's like, it can't be much better. Well, it yeah, it's a minefield, which is kind of why I wanted to start this group, because I wanted there to be at least one place where you could get like decent, reliable answers without people talking about conspiracy theories and heard an abuse at each other. <laughs> so I have to say there's a really good community on there. Uh, there's some great people um, who, you know, 
devote their time to, to giving really good answers and we get some really great questions on there as well so um it's going good it's a little little small but um really fast growing group and it's just a nice little haven there on reddit where you can talk about archaeology interesting let's check that out but on the topic of today's discussion you are here as our archaeologist we can actually refer to you as an expert because you technically are an expert and we, we we don't like that word but again you went to school for this therefore you are an archaeologist unless I you're did. making I that did. all it's, up no it's a hundred percent true your honor uh i swear on this beer in my hand it is no lie and i do in fact do archaeology as the day job as well uh, although nowadays I'm like a desk archaeologist. I used to do digging and now I'm mostly based in the office. I know uh, it sounds you, you, you're a retired archaeologist. <laughs> I'm not retired. It's still if you're not in it's the like, field anymore, come on, you're 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 a desk no, archaeologist. I, I, I was chatting to a guy in the pub a while ago and I and I said to him, like, what what's your job? And he said, Oh, I'm I'm like a, a forester, like I do forestry management, and I'm like, Oh cool, like what? you know it must be great working outside all day you know in a forest and he's like no i i'm like desk-based so if you can have a desk-based forester you can totally have a desk-based archaeologist that's because england chopped down all their trees to make ships you can manage your forests from your desks well i mean that's not wrong <laughs> exactly it's like he's he's not wrong no they they did chop down a lot of their but, i'm just I saying mean, no, no one talks about england's ships. grand forests anymore that aren't owned by the royals. No, I mean, they own everything. <laughs> you know what? You know, things being what they are, I'm probably going to go on some sort of watch list just for saying that. <laughs> I mean, you're an Irishman well, living in England. Aren't you already kind of mm. on a watch list? Yeah, it's uh, yeah, danger zone. It's like, oh, you're crossing the channel. That's not how this works. It's the Irish Sea. The channel is uh, when you're going to France. Ah, that's so right. Some, I mixed up my waterways. Uh, it's, all, it's all water. <laughs> but anyways, we're here to talk about I, I think this is interesting. I think hope as well. The kind of cross phasing of archaeology in pop culture. And of course we gotta get this right out of the way. No, not all archaeologists are Indiana Jones. Indiana Jones is kind of a bad archaeologist in a lot of ways. Yeah, that's fair. That's definitely something I was gonna touch on. Um, well that's like the one everyone goes, like archaeologists. Like I mean the Indiana Jones. I'm like, no, because Indiana Jones never catalogs any of his finds. In He's a good recruiter for archaeology. He's a great recruiter, um, but you can't you know, just pick shit up and go, where'd you find it? Nope, oh, somewhere over there. That's not how this is done. You, you need to log it. Uh, you definitely, I mean, some people still do do that, which is very bad, but that is definitely not how we like to do things. Um, yeah, I, I think that's a really good way to start it off because that does sort of, yeah, I wanted to acknowledge that kind of serious side of it first, I suppose, before we um, start talking about all the fun stuff. Well, it's just uh, like the most common go-to like everyone knows if they had to name a pop culture example of archaeology it's indiana jones it's oh yeah absolutely but he's like so <laughs> basically so archaeology at its inception was something that was a tool of colonialism and imperialism ethno-nationalism and, and racism quite frankly it was used you know as part of a big imperial con um uh project by european powers to and support lots of terrible things um it was it was an excuse it, to go other places and steal yeah, people's shit yeah it was used as an excuse to do all sorts of stuff and yeah i mean it's still used in that way today 
Some yeah, well, we're slowly trying to curb the grave robbing aspect. That's a whole other conversation. Oh, yeah. I'm just saying <laughs> it's, it's like, you know, here in the States, like we're just now passing a law that says, hey, you can't display, you know, religious or sensitive Native American relics without the consent of the tribes. And it's like kind of weird. It took us that long to get to that point. Yeah. Uh, but the really shocking thing is there's still a minority who want to bring that backwards. Oh, um, there was... <laughs> There was a whole thing last year where some archaeologists in America were like, no, it's for science. We should be able to do yeah. whatever we want with the Native American remains and everyone else. Yep. Was just like, no, I know no, that the get out. No. The British Museum's in a pseudo war with Greece or has no, been a... in a pseudo war for a while so, now. I mean, I don't know. See, the museum might even give it back, but they're like not allowed to because the government made a law saying that they can't give stuff back. Which sounds um, very British Museum. Nope, nope. The law yeah, says we, we can't take back there, anything but... we've stolen. Uh, no take backsies. Yeah, I mean, their argument was like, oh, you've got nowhere safe to put them. And then the, the Greeks built this like really nice museum beside the Parthenon. And we're like, this is a nice it, place. It, it's a really, like, I have oh, been to that museum. Reason. It is a really nice museum. And I love that they just have the parts and you ask like, why is that one like that? Oh, that's the one the Brits, the British government stole and won't give back. Oh, okay shade <laughs> like, again i love the straight shootingness of it like yeah no that's the, the british government stole that and won't give it back yeah i mean why mints around um but anyways archaeology archaeology oh, and pop culture yeah so yeah uh so yeah like what we were talking about there that kind of indiana jones aspect that's kind of a product of the way archaeology used to be and that has really colored the public perception of archaeology and history um which is pretty skewed and often really outdated um and that kind of leaches across into a lot of the other pop culture um so you know you've got the indiana jones or the indiana jones stand-in character um and they're just stealing stuff um just taking it back and just taking it back to some western museum probably and that's totally fine unless it's nazis or communists that are doing it and then that's well bad. the nazis want to use <laughs> it for world domination purposes which okay yeah the communist I'm not one. Saying not <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I'm trying to remember what pistol skull what they wanted to do because it wasn't even a, it was an alien artifact. It wasn't even native stuff. That's yeah. That's like a whole other thing, and that's that's like a real thing. Well, it's not a real thing. It's a fake thing that people believe in. That like yeah. aliens did a lot of We're, stuff. We are not touching ancient things. aliens today. Well, no, we just. <sighs> I didn't want to mention that name even, because um, obviously the lizard people. Oh thing crap! Does ancient that. aliens fall in archaeology and pop culture? Just like as if we're dispelling myths about it. I am not going to dwell on it. I was going to mention it in terms of shows that are centered around archaeology, but I. It's a thing really that exists. It's bullshit. Yeah, it's just nonsense, really. All I will say is there's other people out there on the internet is like archaeologists like Flint Dibble and they do fantastic work debunking a lot of that nonsense and that's probably what I'm gonna say about it so let's uh, people talk. like conspiracy theories it, se yeah. it sells TV TV networks uh, Netflix like to sell conspiracy theories because it's lazy yeah it, it is yes yeah and it's easy to produce yeah I mean <sighs> here's us with all our like reams and reams of scientific data some person is just like, yeah, but aliens, maybe. But yeah. what if aliens? And it's like, well, we have but to hear both aliens? sides. Yeah. It's like, yeah, it's a... Oh, I'm tired. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. 
Yeah, let's not even. Let's not even. No, uh, yeah. we're trying let's to do the positive. The ancient aliens are. So, what are some of like the fun, like Indiana Jones and the pop culture one? It's fun. It's mostly harmless. It makes people want to be archaeologists. It. I mean, it presents like, it presents the wrong idea, but it makes people want to be archaeologists. So that's kind yeah, of a good it's, thing. It's, it's a mixed bag. Like you look at some of the early movies, and you're like, oh, that's pretty racist. Oh God. Yeah. So, yeah. They're they're pretty cringe now, but they're in their own way. They're like classics, and I don't think you'll find many archaeologists who don't like Indiana Jones and. Yeah, they're pretty. He makes archaeology sexy, which is always the win for your profession. Hard to do. Hard to do. Um, Yeah, I think a friend of mine once mentioned that like Indiana Jones with a shirt hanging off on that rope bridge was like their awakening. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, Um, I I can believe that. Yeah, that's fair. Um, He made the fedora cool and then the Internet made it permanently uncool. Oh, so not cool. Yeah, I mean, did he make whips cool? Maybe. Whips have always been cool. Whips, again, like archaeology, problematic history, still cool. I don't know where that came from, the whip thing, though. Because, like, I think they just made it up for that movie. I've never really seen it in anything else. I've never seen any other movie character manage to pull off a whip without being, like... Catwoman. A bit creepy. Mm, well, you could argue Catwoman's a bit creepy. That's a whole other podcast. That's the after podcast. Eat your face off or whatever. <laughs> Mess with Catwoman. Like I haven't seen any Catwoman movies um since Folks, the... if you can't tell we're working without a rudder tonight, this is this is why <laughs> we got nothing. Where's Axel? <laughs> yeah, without without you know Axel to you know or I to just try to run it, we're running rudderless. So this is gonna be an interesting one. But anyways, we've talked about the big ones, but what are some of more the more nitty gritty weird examples of pop culture archaeology and pop culture that people don't even realize is an example of archaeology and pop culture oh man um that people don't realize because like one of my examples of when i explain you know history it's like it's just like nerds when they learn all of the world history of pokemon it's the same thing except this is considered valuable where yours is considered a waste of time now Notice I did not say which is which, because if you're a history major, you know what people think of history majors. Very carefully worded. I can I can stand yeah. both sides. So, so yeah, things people don't know. Well, I guess, um, so it gets used a lot as like a setting. Yeah. Um, in movies. So, like in the recent Star Wars movies, you've got um, this archaeological site in there called Skellig Michael in Ireland. Uh, so it's a really cool site. Um, it's basically... There's off the southwest coast of Ireland, right in the wild Atlantic, you've got these crazy geological triangular pointy islands that look like they're from an alien planet. So in Star Wars, they use them as one of the alien planets where Luke is um, Skywalker is hiding out in the recent movies. Um, it Kind of like a weird Jedi monk. And basically these, these um, Skellig Michael was uh, like a monastery that these early uh, Christian monks founded that they just want to live out in the middle of nowhere and do their hermit thing. And it's a really weird, unique, unusual place. Um, it made quite a nice setting for the movie. And um, it's pretty pretty good for the local tourism as well. Um, so you got stuff like that. Um, I, I haven't seen it, but I have been Googling. And apparently Transformers Rise of the Beasts has got lots of interesting Peruvian archaeological sites in it as well. Oh, but that's where um, you get into the weird ancient alien kind of stuff in there. It's- 
Oh, does it? I mean, is this Transformers? It is about aliens. Like, yeah, give it a they're they're not saying like uh, they're not doing. You know, no, no. The Transformers helped build this, like the pyramids. That was more just like, hey, we need to go to Peru because did they uh, did they do that? Uh, it's like the second Transformers. The, the the pyramids were built by Transformers who enslaved humans. Please God, no! <laughs> I didn't know that, but I know. Yeah, that was one. I'm like, listen, this there there there's so many things about that that don't work. Like like we know what the inside of the Great Pyramid of Giza looks like. It's not an alien starship. Yeah, but like the Decepticons made people hide the evidence that they were ever there. I guess so. All the, all that evidence we have that like the pyramids were built by workers and all the evidence on how they did it, it's all a hoax by the Decepticons. That makes sense now. That makes more sense. You've converted me, man. That's uh wow. Like I'm really that's, trying to that's not what I expected from the outcome of this podcast. <laughs> I never believe the Transformers built the pyramids. And there goes our expert tag. <laughs> Bye. Expert says <laughs> that Decepticons <laughs> helped build the ain't the pyramids. I'm like, uh well. Oh dear. Um <laughs> But yeah, so uh, in terms of other stuff, probably most movies you've seen with a castle in them, probably filmed in a real castle, a real archaeological site. Um, so suppose one example is there's a castle uh, called Trim Castle that is kind of near where I'm from. And when I was a kid, uh, I remember they were filming Braveheart there, which I know you got strong feelings about Braveheart. And that's yeah. a whole other conversation. But like, you know, when you're living in Ireland in the 90s and some American people are filming a movie down the road, that's pretty exciting. Um, I never realized yeah, like, that Braveheart isn't even filmed in Scotland. Oh no, Ireland's got way better tax breaks for movies. <laughs> I'm not going so to make an easy private, joke there. Saving Private Ryan's filmed in Ireland. Like seriously, so much stuff is filmed in Ireland. Like I knew Game of Thrones was and like parts you can definitely tell like, oh yeah, that, that, that looks like Ireland. <laughs> That, yes, that was in Northern Ireland. So Yeah, most of that was like based uh, up not, in there. I'd love to see some of those places they filmed. Listen, if you need nice, big, like, flat, rolling hills. Yeah, like I'd be watching some of the scenes and there's like loads of Dothraki riding around and I'm like, oh, that's a bit like Northern Ireland. <laughs> <laughs> but I did not realize. That fun. So that's a, that's a great example we can make right there. Is a lot of people, I think, are going to look at castles and ruins and whatnot and go, oh, well, doesn't that you know isn't that historians uh i'd say so i i know i I've, I've lobbed a bomb into the discussion because now i've started the age-old fight of historians versus archaeologists you, you're dead to me no <laughs> um so historians it's like words that's that's your jam and stuff physical stuff that's more archaeologists so castles okay then you've got okay so you've got archaeologists but then you've also got like Build heritage specialists, buildings archaeologists, uh, and then we do we fight over whether something is built heritage or archaeology. And some people say when the building falls down, um, then it's archaeology, and when it's still standing, it's built heritage. But technically, it's both. Yeah, because um, we yeah, can also rope anthropologists can... into this fight, but no one likes anthropologists. They're terribly dull people. That's me. I know some lovely anthropologists. Um, <laughs> I know. Again, I have to antagonize somebody. I mean, there's some terrible ones too. Um, yeah, what I've... Was oh, what was I saying? Um, yeah, so the thing is though, archaeologists, we can steal your historian stuff though, because if you have got, let's say, a medieval book, right? That's history, right? 
Yeah. It's for historians. It's also for archaeologists because that book is also an artifact. You can take the words out of that book and write them in a new book. Still the same historical information, but that book is an archaeological artifact and you can examine that. Uh, you can radiocarbon date it, find how old it is, see what kind of animal skin it's made of, see what the ink's made of, all that kind of stuff. So we can steal your things over it, is what I'm saying. I mean... Stone silence. <laughs> listen, I'm I'm of Irish descendancy. I'm used to having my shit stolen. You're of Irish nationality. You know what it's like to have people just bust in and steal your shit? Uh, I'll be honest, it's never happened. <laughs> I'm speaking I mean, like historically. You can also go historically. I mean, I wasn't alive then, so I definitely wouldn't, uh, wouldn't, uh, yeah, count that as my life experience. Man, you really have been in England too long if you're letting the old grudge lie. Ah, sure. Look, you know. <laughs> Again, <laughs> I'm not saying is it a bad thing. My own, the side tangent I've made many, many times as I've studied various points of Irish history. The sooner the Irish people learn to let shit go, the better they will be. That'd be the day. Because uh... <laughs> again, yeah, so much yeah. Irish history, you go. If you had just fucking let this thing slide this one time, I don't know. You see, the Irish people are really bad at letting stuff go, but then English people have really selective memories. So oh, it's like that's an interesting combo there. It's like, yeah. Well, uh... I'm not sure we're gonna unpick all of that right now. But uh... nope, we're we're gonna uh... sidestep that one again because that's a whole other yeah, thing. I don't I want to can... get fired. So. <laughs> Or deported. Um, Anyways. Yeah, I mean. <laughs> let's talk about my favorite horror trope, and you can kind of weigh on in on this okay. as an archaeologist, which is the teens find cursed ancient object, take it to local community oh. college, and local yes. archaeologist has all the knowledge. Oh, this is from... Oh, okay. So which aspect of that trope are you talking about? Like the people are finding the weird I love stuff, the thing of the person randomly stumbles across cursed knife from ancient civilization yeah. in their backyard, then takes it to the local community college where the archaeologist in residence just so happens to be very specifically knowledgeable <laughs> on this one specific made-up tribe. And it's always human sacrifices. Always human sacrifices for the purposes of horror movies. Yeah, that's, that's spicy. Um, I mean, that's like the archaeology equivalent of, uh, you know, people in the movie and they're like, oh, I've got this blurry CCTV image. Enhance! And then they yep. make it somehow really clear um well yeah you, that, that's like a big thing in archaeology trope isn't it where you get the archaeologist and it doesn't matter what artifact you bring them they speak like 50 million ancient oh yeah languages. that's that's the other like fun exactly thing is you're all bi multilingual including dead languages like i mean most people who specialize in that sort of thing probably speak one dead language but then if you get three of those people in a room they're all going to completely disagree over the interpretation so I mean, if you're trying to find out how to stop the ancient curse, that's probably not very helpful. So I see why they have to streamline that in movies. So, yeah. You know, one of them doesn't say, oh, God, you must stop the sacrifice by like the 12th of whenever. And the other person is like, something, something, 25 pieces of wood, send them to me now. Like, I don't know what this says. And I'm just uh, coming uh, up. Uh, with my favorite one I would love to see is, oh, because again, or half the time is it, this is an idol from the ancient gods, so and so. Of the Sumerians and like, it's always Sumerians and Babylonians. Oh, Sumerians, yeah, they're good for for devils and demons and stuff. Um, I mean, you know, was there like actual gods and spirits? But later people are like, oh, they're evil demons. Um, yeah, like it ties into like my probably my favorite archaeology trope in the way that it's used. Um, as in, it's a thing that unleashes the ancient horrors. Yeah. Um, 
going the back to find the thing. But like what you said just there is pretty much the plot of the Exorcist, right? Yep. That's how they they find the demon at the start. They dig up the little Sumerian demon. Oh, I wish I could remember that demon's name. Ah, uh, Pazuzu. Um, yeah, Pazuzu. It's a good name. It's it's such it's one of those weird names. Demons. I'm like, okay, the demon Pazuzu. All right. Well, you know, maybe to the ancient Sumerians, Ulrich is a weird name. I'm sure it is. But that's like the other funny <laughs> thing is if you get if you got a group of archaeologists that all were, you know, let's Babylonian experts, they would not agree on like this is the interpretation, the correct interpretation of this specific god. This doesn't happen. God no. God no. <laughs> no. I mean, half of us would be like, how do you know it's a god? And you know, the other half would be like, that's definitely a god. And then someone would just be like, oh, it's a spirit for good luck. And someone will be like, no, it's this other god. And like, if you put ten archaeologists in a room, you'll get ten different opinions. Which yeah. is why it's so hilarious when people say that oh, archaeologists are just trying to cover up the truth and it's a big monolithic conspiracy. It's Listen, like, they have to agree on what the truth is first. <laughs> yeah. Have you met us? <laughs> yeah, I mean, that's like I, the joke I make about historians. It's, it's like, well, you know, history is one thing and unchanging. Like, no, that's 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 not the case. We are frequently arguing over the correct, how it should change why oh, it should like change not just facts and yeah it's all it's all subjective that doesn't mean that anyone can have any garbage opinion on it you gotta <laughs> have facts to back it up yeah exactly you gotta have some facts yeah but um, again with dealing with ancient it, shit facts get really hard to you know get hard interpretations of joys yeah, of see, non-written yeah cultures because people are like oh you know Archaeology is just, uh, you know, science and facts, right? But it's like how you interpret those facts. That's that's where you get the disagreements. Yeah. So I want to talk about one of my other favorite tropes of our archaeology example in movies is so our Indiana Jones types or national treasure types or any of those kind of ones, they go hmm. into the temple and there's a big sword fight using the ancient weapons that are just lying around. Have you, yeah, have you witnessed you those ones? Yeah, the traps too. Oh, the, okay. Talk about booby traps. That's another great example of people's opinions. Yeah. Like all these ancient places it. are riddled with booby traps. Like when I go out and like dig on like a prehistoric archaeological site and I'm like, there was once a hut here. And I know that because the soil is stained a slightly different shade of brown where their timber posts used to be. And then you watch a movie and it's like, oh, here's these uh, 2000 year olds like blade traps and these ones are shooting blow darts and they're all in perfect working order or the, so they, they light the torch and then all the other torches light and it's just like mm, okay good one that's a good one or when the place self-destructs after you steal the idol i mean it, <laughs> listen if it started to fall apart while you were doing it that makes sense it's a very old building how the engineer was fast. huh not usually that fast though yeah Usually they fall down over the space of 600 years. Like, not all. <laughs> We're getting there. In good time. Don't rush yeah, me. Yeah. Okay, okay. Sorry. <laughs> I was more to referring to this. The idea of, yeah, nothing falls apart quickly that wasn't made in the 20th century. Yeah. The age-old idea yeah. of back in the old days, we made stuff to last. I'm like, oh, stone is a surprisingly durable building material. Yeah, there's this great church in Bristol. Um, um, it's got, like, a big leaning tower on it. And um, basically, they built it on a swamp. So it's like sinking into the swamp, like the famous Wait. Monty Python castle. I was going to say, is this is this swamp <laughs> castle? It's basically swamp castle, yeah. <laughs> I mean, that whole south part of Bristol is just like built on a swamp, basically. Um, but yeah, apparently the local story is um, 
during World War Two, there was like bombing raids and stuff. Um, so the army engineers would go around, check out the buildings the next day. And if they were too badly damaged, they'd figure out which ones they were going to have to blow up just because, you know, they were danger. They're going to collapse on people. So apparently they saw this leaning tower and they were like rigging it up with explosives. They were good to go. They were going to destroy it. And then the locals all came out and were like, oh, what the hell are you doing? It's it's meant to It's look supposed like that. to look like that. <laughs> yeah. It's our leaning tower of Bristol. So in your notes here, I got, I got to know what this is is your notes is that irish movie with the bog body vampire <laughs> oh man so yeah this, this is this is i mean it's like sort of archaeology um, well we have long discussed the idea that the fact that horror movies have not tapped into the insane well of irish mythology because it's weird yeah. it's deep it's poorly understood that seems like perfect for horror movie fodder yeah it's a bit mad really um so do you know what bog bodies are, are oh yeah i know i know but i know about bog bodies they're fascinating you know bog bodies are. Hey, i'll explain like, for, for our listeners because i don't think people that aren't us are going to know what a bog body is or its significance <laughs> surely everyone knows what a bog body is <laughs> i mean it was um, the hot thing there for a while in the 2000s everyone was discussing the yeah, discovery yeah. of bog bodies because they were incredibly well preserved yeah so th these have been turning up for hundreds of years basically uh so in a bog, in a swamp, you get really low oxygen environments down there under the water. Um, and the temperature is pretty stable as well. So when organic stuff goes in there, it tends to get really well preserved for a very long time. Um, so what you get is bog bodies, which is people who have fallen in or been thrown into uh, a swamp. Um, and these can be thousands of years old some of them you know these go back to the iron age some of them um so they get found usually by accident when people are like cutting turf in a bog um um so yeah there's a really great exhibition of those in ireland they, they're really well preserved like people have got like you know stubble on their face you can see their hair and everything um it's really crazy um so these turn up from time to time you get them you know you get them across europe you can totally could find them anywhere there's a bog so if there's a swamp near you watch out for the bog bodies um yeah because they, yeah, they pulled movie. a bunch recently in germany was it that they found a I couple didn't hear about that, actually no, it might have been a few years it might have been in the last like five years or so because what they, is time they, they literally they just found one in northern ireland like this week which is oh, pretty wow. cool um and i think they've already radiocarbonated it to the iron age See, that's the big important thing, like, I again, what I'm interested in the bug ways, is it's really, the, as I understand it, some of the best ways to study Iron Age civilizations. It, it is, in a way, because you get organic preservation you don't get on an archaeological yeah. site. Normally. You're getting hairstyle, like, clothing, sometimes. Yeah. A lot like, of cultural stuff that we just can't go and, like, I, I, the squiggle on these yeah. rocks. What the fuck does that squiggle mean there? And is it like, is it symbolic okay. of something? Is it? Well, like there's this one bog body they found in Ireland and it still had his hair gel in. Yeah. And a really distinctive hairstyle with his hair gel. They were able to examine the hair gel and, and like find find out there was like ingredients in it that came from the continent in Europe and were imported yep. really long distances. So that's already telling you a massive amount about the society they live in and the trade networks and wealth and all sorts of things. Yeah. And... Um, yeah, it's it's really cool. So, what is this bog vampire? Oh, I mean, I get the oh, idea. Yeah. I'm oh. I'm already like, okay, I can see it because they're kind of creepy looking mice. <laughs> they look kind of like jerky in a way. They do look like jerky. Um. So, okay, this is driving me crazy because I saw this movie a couple of years ago. I loved it. I really want to watch it again. Um. 
I can't remember the name. So if anybody knows the name, please tell me. Because um, if you Google Irish bog body movie, you just get this other one that comes up called Secrets of the Bog, which was like just like a joke movie. Anyway, this one. So the farmer is it boys is, from County Hell? I, what is that? I don't know. <laughs> that sounds ropey. It, it, well, again, County people. Hell is just like you, you didn't think very hard on the title, but supposedly the very first vampire rests in a small Irish town held underground by a pile of rocks and Bram Stoker. That's where Bram Stoker got the idea for Dracula. Oh boy. That's where, that's where James okay. workshop got the idea for Nagash in age six. <laughs> Did you know the very Sorry. first vampire is hanging out <laughs> under a well in Ireland? I mean, we get a blame for a lot of stuff. I was watching um, Buffy there the other day. Great show. Um, but yeah, I didn't realize when I saw previously Angel was supposed to be Irish as well. So we could blame Oh, him. when he when David Boreans tries his best at an Irish accent, it is <sighs> physical pain. <laughs> I they're like listen, I, I've experienced my fair share of bad ones, but it's really rare that you get one that's just like, no, stop. Stop. The good thing is, though, he didn't do it for like the whole show. He only no, even he recognized that it scenes. wasn't. It was a mercy. It was a mercy. Um, but anyway, weird bog yeah, vampire. Yeah, That's yeah. not this one about, about the very first vampire, which apparently Ireland is holding on to under a pile of rocks. Are we? Uh, those are air rocks. You know, I, <laughs> <laughs> I was thinking like it would be under a pile of rocks. I mean. <laughs> I mean, in this movie, it's under a pile of turf, really. Um, so the farmer's out in his field and he's like cutting turf, which is like, well, um, you know, some people in rural Ireland do. They cut the dry bits of bog, they dry them out more, and then they use them as fuel on the fire. So the guy's out there cutting his turf because um, all the bogs have been drained, right? It's not, you know, super wet and swampy anymore, unfortunately. Um, he's digging away and then he finds his bog body and... Uh, it's a vampire so obviously it's not dead and then when it gets dark bog body comes to life starts killing everybody because it's a vampire and did they explain why there was a vampire in a bog in ireland and how it got there they did not and that's kind of the beauty of it um sometimes you just don't have to explain it you just have to roll with it Listen, the vampire stopped in Ireland. Someone saw it and went, ew, no, shoved it into the bog. It got stuck. It's yeah. sick. I, th- I think that was the gist. It was like a vampire was obviously terrorizing the place and a bunch of people <laughs> banded together and managed to like sink it into a bog and like, good night. I mean, I do remember that being a point of discussion very frequently around bog bodies when they're pulling them out like, all right, is this a burial, a sacrifice or a murder? Well, yeah, you just don't know. Like, um, some quite a few of them have pretty grisly wounds actually um like yeah pieces of wood just like shoved through their hands and into their side and all sorts of you yep. know being garroted and choked and it's like yeah is it a murder is it a ritual sacrifice were they willing or are they unwilling yeah and um, that kind of goes back to yeah, you just don't know we, we again guesswork <clears throat> it's yeah. all the yeah, hide but it's all the hide aliens like all the guesswork is just you know you have the answers it's aliens but you throw out all this guesswork and stuff to disguise the fact right that's how this works well (laughs) i mean you can come up with like a couple of plausible theories and say it could be this this or this right i mean so you're not saying the bog bodies are people that were abducted by aliens and then dropped back off again no they were abducted by vampires that's right because they were trying to steal the rocks yeah yeah, oh, man, you're piecing it together pretty good. <laughs> All right. We're going to have to take this guy out. He's onto us. <laughs> he knows too much. 
That's too bad. So, but yeah, that was a good movie. So if anyone knows the name of that, please tell me because I really want to watch it again. Yeah, it was actually I, like a decent horror movie. I recommend it, even though I don't know the name. Yeah, Google didn't turn up anything but a bunch of really terrible sounding. Oh man, oh boy. Yeah, if you Google it, you find terrible stuff. I spent a lot of time Googling trying to find this. It, it was something like Daylight, something to do with something like Daybreak, Daylight, something like that, maybe. Yeah. Anyway, I mean, if, it, it if does you, play into the third we've espoused for a while. It's like Irish mythology, great setting for horror movies because a lot of it you can go very loose and go, well, do you have the answer? And the answer is like, well, not really, but and it's like, and the but will will carry so much for you. But have you not seen Leprechaun the movie? I love like I'll, the first three Leprechauns are solid. <laughs> so terrible. It is. So terrible. But I mean, come on, Ireland Irish mythology has way scarier things than Leprechauns. I'm surprised they haven't adapted. Oh yeah, there's some messed up stuff. I mean, um, what is it? The Dullahan? If I'm remembering the name right on that one. Hand. That, that rings a bell i'm not sure it's the headless horseman that you know uh, okay. rides around with a whip made of a human spine what that is metal that depending on which version is either an ill omen or a omen of good fortune because doesn't sound like a good omen does it well again this is where it gets into the irish mythology irish history <laughs> before any real points a lot of guesswork I'm sorry, I'm just imagining this headless guy rocking up on a horse, smashing into your bedroom, waving his human spine in the air, going, the lottery, you shall win. <laughs> I, yeah. he's here. I mean, I mean yeah. again, that sounds like, I don't know, that's your, that's your horror premise. I don't know where you go from that, but a headless guy riding with the, you know, human spine, like, come on, that's got to be cool. No one's saying that's not cool pretty unsettling i mean fairies as the word doesn't work but fae is still oh you can say fairies yeah yeah well fairies aren't scary because like fairies mythology wise very scary fairies in contemporary english not scary uh yeah they've sort of been um nerfed i suppose but fae is still kind of that weird one that you could definitely do some real horror with that yeah yeah there's some i'm trying to think i think there was they, they did it in a doctor who episode Oh, I'm sure um, they've done it in Doctor Who. Yeah, I think they had a sort of a real creepy evil face. Of course, they're aliens because Doctor I Who. I think they were actually meant to be like creepy fairies. Or maybe they were aliens that thought they were fairies. They were aliens. Again, it, it's Doctor Who. Everything was event. That was my one of my problems. Anytime Doctor Who did real world mythology, I'm like, yeah, but it's just aliens is a bit too close to ancient aliens for my comfort. I mean, like, that's not necessarily a bad thing. Like, I love Stargate. Like, yeah. Oh, okay. Let's talk about Stargate's idea of archaeology (laughs) and history real quick, because that's a big pop culture one we got to touch on. Well, it's like, yeah, you know what? I completely forgot. But it's like what you were saying earlier. You've got his archaeologist, Daniel Jackson, um, and he can just speak like every ancient language going without like having to look at a book or anything. He's just reeling stuff off and he could just talk to like all these people so even if you've got experts in these ancient languages some of them are like like i don't know how to pronounce them like there's no duolingo for like you know some of these ancient languages and he's just like chatting away to the people on these planets <sighs> oh that is I mean, one point of credit that does have to go to that first mummy movie they kind of talk they they it was a joke but it was in there like 
no, no, you mistranslated that. That doesn't mean that. That means this. Oh, I always get that one hieroglyph mixed up. They did do that, didn't they? That was quite good. And I thought like, oh, that's actually genuinely accurate to... Yeah, that is very accurate. And they they have that in Indiana Jones as well, don't they? Jehovah begins with an I. Yeah. When he's uh yeah, when he's standing on those uh, letters. That's such a weird weird trap. So anyways. Yeah, sorry, my brain has just derailed. <laughs> <laughs> this Where is a very saying? rambly episode. Well we're gonna touch upon like the other I mean it's a big pop culture thing. It's in our <laughs> wheelhouse. 40K's hmm. idea of archaeology and technoarchaeology. <laughs> is fascinating yeah. because it yes. it it is genuinely kind of archaeology they are studying ancient cultures and trying to decipher how did this work and can we still use it yeah absolutely um i mean they've got the two types of archaeology you've got that which is the techno archaeology then you've got the xeno archaeology which is like all the cool forbidden weird alien stuff that you're not meant to mess around with um but if you think about it a couple of thousand years time people will be digging up computers people yep. will be digging up technology from now so techno archaeology will totally be a thing um well that's like I mean, the funny thing like some people love it some people hate it but when 40k makes direct references to stuff from our timeline like when hmm. they talk about the great bard shakespeare yeah i mean like a I lot don't... of people lose their shit over that like it doesn't bug me because it's funny and it can they interpret it in a weird enough way? It's like, no, no, this feels like it's generally gone through the filter of history that they've forgotten 90% of it, but they have this vague outline. Like the idea that monkeys had stingers in their tails because otherwise why yeah. would they have such long tails? <laughs> that is the exact kind of thing that we may not like to admit it, but a lot of the study of history is kind of like random guessing. Like, I, I, I think this is what it was. I mean, based on the evidence, uh, this this makes sense. Well, that's a very good example of how interpretation of the evidence is, is subjective. Um, so, yeah, you got this archaeologist and well, he finds a skeleton of a monkey and he's like, well, yeah, why would they just have a long tail for no reason? They must have had a weapon on the end of it because, uh, yeah, that's his mindset. Everything's some kind of weapon. Everything's really dangerous. Yeah, so he interprets it that way. Um, well, even like a lot of this stuff they're pulling out in the 1800s, like, a lot of stuff was deemed fertility item and now it's like that 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 is not what that was it was oh, in yeah. fact I something mean, it was an agricultural tool not everything was not every phallic shaped object was a fertility <laughs> item exactly not every deal those for fun <laughs> some had religious significance yeah exactly um <laughs> which you think i'm, I'm joking say. i'm not <laughs> No, he's he is it is he he is true. That's not grammatically correct. He is speaking the truth. Um, damn, I was gonna say something there. Uh, well, yeah, but yeah, like I mean, Warhammer's idea of how they do archaeology. Oh yeah, no, just quick segue. Um, or sidebar. Um, like plenty of archaeologists now still interpret stuff real bad because they are too influenced by, I suppose, their ways they want to interpret things. So yep. it's like. You you know you dig up a grave and there's like skeletons of two guys in there like spooning or holding hands and they were like, just oh, really good friends, real good friends. It's like no, oh, can't possibly entertain any other uh, interpretations there. Nope, nope, nope. Yeah, um, no. Much as I love and I will use the broad field of history to cover history, archaeology, anthropology, that whole big social sciences group, for better or worse. Once we get certain ideas entrenched, it's really hard to get away from those ideas. I mean, my immediate go-to examples are any history regarding the Roman Empire. 
and what is currently going on as we try and recontextualize the Spartans of ancient Greece. I have nothing oh, no. but admiration for people that are engaged in those two studies because who boy. Hmm. There's a lot going on there. Um, yeah, you probably know better than me, but. Well, it's, it's basically well, like trying to get this. away from ideas that have been set and agreed upon for decades. And now as more archaeological evidence, come like, it wasn't that black and white. It wasn't that simple. Well, no, exactly. Yes, the Romans conquered the world, but that doesn't mean that nobody out there, everyone was just kind of waiting around for the Romans to show up. Is Come one here, our rocks. Yeah, but like that is an idea I have watched blossom in the last, you know, 30 years. Is like, <laughs> no, the British Isles were not isolated, just hanging out, going, boy, someday someone's going to teach us about agriculture. And then, oh boy. It just grates my cheese, man. When You know, you get these these Roman movies set in Britain and it's just like some kind of unspoiled forest. And then oh, I just look at a book and it's like, oh, there are people living literally everywhere and farms everywhere and freaking roads and all sorts of stuff. But yeah. that's the part where like, the fun um, parallel with Warhammer is, is we get new information, we form new ideas, but it's almost rejected. Like, no, no, there's no new ideas. We have this one established thing. We will maintain this one established thing. Yeah. It's, I suppose it's kind of satirizing academia or some aspects yes. of it. Some and ways. again, that's yeah. why I said the when I was speaking, the broad yeah. historic social science historical grouping with all those ones yeah, yeah, yeah. is so much of that is once this idea has been published and proven, there's a it's a fight to go. Well, actually, this new evidence suggests maybe this wasn't the case. Yeah, you've got an evidence threshold you've got to get over. Um, yeah, but I even mean, once you're you over that... that uh, yeah, I mean, if you try to do that in, in 40k, they will, like, burn you, so... Yeah, and in academia, they just blackball you. I don't know what that means, but it sounds uh, Basically, it's it's passively blacklist, like, make it harder for you in annoying, subtle ways, you know? Yeah, I mean, it's not so much a thing with... Well, over here, anyway, with, like, you know, research and stuff. People publish all sorts of cool kind of groundbreaking research but it's more of a thing with like horrible abuse stuff and abuse of power their position yeah abuse of power so that's more where that comes into it and yeah the kind of stuff i've heard about anyway but yeah right. pretty great. anyways we're, we're getting off topic on that one but yeah no sticking how warhammer and uh archaeology kind of relate the necrons being another fun example of what again i love it as a concept what if the people that you were, you know, studying rose up and said, what the fuck are you doing with my lawnmower? Yeah, it's great. That's kind of like the mummy movie as well, I guess. But yeah, you got the Necrons and they're all buried underground, hibernating in tombs. So it's very much ancient Egyptian archaeology vibe going on. Um, but yeah, when archaeologists go in and start poking them, like you say, they wake up and start um, lasering everything. Which cool. I am curious, as an archaeologist, have you ever had the nightmare of being haunted by the ancient spirits of the people that, you know, you woke up? I never have. Um, maybe I'm doing archaeology wrong. Um, the only archaeology nightmares I've ever had were like, um, I forgot to bring my safety equipment with me and then the site manager shouted at me. That's like the kind <laughs> of level of anxiety dream I have about archaeology. It's like, oh my God, did I remember to put that section in that report before we sent it out to the client? Oh, God. I mean, uh, I've, I've, there's a running joke with a colleague of mine, and uh, I can't remember why, but he was joking about having nightmares about, like, post historic post boxes. <laughs> it was like a whole thing. So <laughs> that's way less cool than, like, ancient aliens killing you with lasers, I guess. But that's, that's the sad reality. 
Well, post you... boxes. I mean, Daleks. Post boxes. <laughs> similar. You might get a kick out of this, but Neil Gaiman has a book called The Graveyard Book, and one of the mm. stories is yeah. the characters go in to an ancient, you know, barrow, and they go down inside, and like, oh, this is the oldest grave grave in the graveyard, and it's ancient, and it's you know, terror. We've been told not to go here, and this giant man approaches out of the dark and he's speaking gibberish and his hair is spiked and his face is painted purple and he's got these weird signs on him and he's trying to scare him away and they realize that oh no he's not real he's just a ghost he's protecting this treasure that's supposedly buried there and they had always heard it was this great treasure and they get there and it's a flint knife and some hides and they're like oh i guess you know in his time this was considered great treasures which is why he has this big burial ceremony but yeah. and i really thought nice. like you know, that little the man and he's got his little, his little flint knife that he loves and he's got his hides and he's, he's protecting them oh and in the back of my head i'm like yeah no but if you were an actual archaeologist and you stumbled on this beautiful intact you know burial mound with like all these things you'd be like holy shit this is a find look oh yeah that's tools we like a nice bit of flint. <laughs> look at that. It's a, oh, and look, you can see his burial arrangement and bones, undisturbed bones. You know, you can be pretty lucky to find bones in some parts of England. You get really acidic soil and it just melts them away. That's the thing. Like, again, I get it. Like, I don't know if Neil Gaiman wrote it with that perspective, but every time I've read that story, it's like, yeah, yeah, I know to you, this is junk, but to any archaeology, history minded people, holy shit, an intact burial mound, yeah. mound with relics and bones and a yes, big scary yeah. dude speaking ancient celtic at you yeah can you record ghosts record what he's saying quick get the archaeologist down here that speaks 12 languages we need to know what he's saying oh yeah my bad obviously all the archaeologists there understood exactly what he was saying because we all speak all those he he, he keeps saying no you can't have my rocks they're mine oh we we feel so bad for this ghost <laughs> Is it too Take his rocks? Did they take his little thing? No, they leave yeah. it. They're like, oh, yeah, no, there's no treasure. This is his treasure because it's, you know, what mattered most to him. That's why he's haunting this. Isn't it I mean, funny how much times have changed that when this guy died, he was considered a rich king with his flint knife and skins? <laughs> I'm just imagining some people in the future looting uh, like a tomb from now and the ghost there is protecting like his hard drive of bitcoin and they're like what the hell <laughs> what is this worthless joke <laughs> i mean that's a joke i think every warhammer person has made at some point they want to be buried with their models to fuck with future archaeologists like why does he have a tiny army around him who was this man <laughs> we got plenty of reasons to explain tiny armies that is a real thing <laughs> and life-size armies well there's the one in china but feel like no there's no tiny armies is a thing and oh yeah um, no I, i've seen life-size armies we've got the uh i can't remember the name of but the one of uh, the terracotta army in china ter terracotta warriors but yeah no, i need to tell it you get you get tiny armies you get uh people being buried with like miniatures of their like servants and their soldiers and you get a whole bunch of people buried with them can you so, imagine yeah, having to come in and minute? stand still to be sculpted for the day like no no hold on the pharaoh needs to get your exact likeness for the afterlife easier than doing a hard day's work i mean with the promise of that way you can do more hard work in the past you know when you're dead oh yeah well <laughs> that's that's the, that's the afterlife for you always good for everybody so let's talk what about the other half of warhammer that did take a lot of history and a lot of inspiration being both to a greater degree the old world and to a lesser degree 
Age of Sigmar. Like when yes, you look at that so, as an archaeologist, do you clearly see the inspirations that they're taking from? Yes, and I, I'm so there for it. <laughs> I love it. I mean, like you know, everybody knows Lizardmen is basically like Aztec, Mesoamerican, Mayan archaeology. You've got the cool, you know, step pyramids. You know, they copy the some of the artifacts. You got um, cool obsidian stuff going on. Um, and you've got the the tomb kings, which are literally just ancient Egyptian mummies. Yeah, um, no. When I discovered that, uh, yeah, when I discovered that Ushapti was an actual thing in ancient Egypt, I'm like, huh. Mm. Good on Games Workshop. Oh, yeah, yeah. They, they, a lot of that is real stuff. Okay, like the giant um, stone scorpions. Sadly, not real. They're, they're just but, buried yeah, underneath the Great Pyramids, waiting for the activation beacon from Mars. Yeah. <laughs> biding their time those scorpions <laughs> um but um yeah one of my favorite things is um the the barrel whites that you get in the empire because they are always described as having like bronze armor so you know you've got this whole picture that they're from the bronze age from a previous technological age and it's it's in the past so you got that nice bit of archaeology there as well um yeah there's even a bit in um you know the end times um when Altdorf is getting besieged by uh, all these Nurgle guys. Um, it's the apocalypse. Everything's going to hell. But then the undead guys actually come along. Vlad the dad comes along to help the humans. And he starts summoning loads of, uh, loads of you know, people from the dead guys from the cemeteries to come and help. From the river comes, like, all these super ancient Stone Age guys who, like, first built the settlement there, which was a nice little archaeology nod. Um, yeah, so I'm geeking out. Time no, that's that's exactly what this episode is about, is talking about all of the more subtle influences archaeology has and are some of our favorite pop culture things outside of Indiana Jones being the big flashy one everyone knows. Like, no, no, archaeology exists across the spectrum in lots of different subtle ways. Oh, yeah. One of, one of the nice subtle ways they've got it in things like um, Warhammer is you've got descriptions of the human cities being built on the foundations of the elven colonies that used to be there before so you got like really nice white pristine elven stonework at the bottom and then like the shoddier uh human stuff built on top um which is something that has a really good call out in the the new rings of power series when they were doing the set design for numenor like they really made a clear difference between the older elven architecture and then the newer human stuff which is pretty cool so yeah it gives really nice uh with inspiration for set design and world building and lots of that little flavor that goes into kind of build up these settings. Well, yeah, because that's based for people who don't know real history. We build on top of the shit that was there before us because it's easier. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Um, trying to think of a nice example now, but like, yeah, you've got some castles in England that are like, you know, Roman stonework at the bottom and then medieval stuff and then, you know, post medieval and on on top and you've got centuries worth of stuff um yeah, yeah. you know you, some buildings you can look at and you can just read the story of the building and the changing masonry in it it's fantastic yeah and i was gonna say england's a great example because so much of it is built on the top a lot of the oldest stuff is built on top of the old roman you know structures or it is still the old roman structures yeah yeah i mean yeah if you really want to see that stuff yeah go to like italy or spain and it's just crazy yeah just the the amount of times that you i read a story of italian construction crew unearths ancient roman something it's just like yeah you can't really go anywhere without finding something over there without the stone also being an artifact yep 
No, that was the yeah. coolest thing I remember. I was in Italy and they were doing some construction project and they stopped it because it was a big discovery. And then I discovered a few, like a little later, it was one of they stumbled in. It was one of the oldest tombs ever discovered in Rome, and they believed like it was. They were calling it the tomb of Romulus because they believed it dated back to the founding of Rome. Mm-hmm. And they discovered <laughs> this totally by accident. Jesus, nice. Because again, construction. But so much of the time, that's exactly what happens. <laughs> oh yeah, that is like my job basically working around archaeology and construction like planning before they do the construction so this stuff isn't a surprise trying to find the archaeology first um yeah nobody likes finding out when they're in the middle of building a house because that's complicated what what, which king was it they found buried in a parking lot uh that was richard iii i think yeah um i mean they were looking specifically for him which is even crazier yeah yeah but still found in a parking lot I mean, I'm working on a project at the moment and it's a castle and it's also under a car park because you get big wide bits around castles um, and people just tend to like pave over them. Well, I mean, that's like the other kind of unsung or less talked about part of and especially here in America of trying to preserve historical regions from development. Hmm. Like the big thing here in the U.S. is we have so many Civil War battlefields that we try and preserve that are constantly getting shrunk down and shrunk down to make room for highways, byways, parking lots, parking structures. And again, it's just teams of archaeologists going, no, we we have to preserve this. This was a this was an important place. And that's here in America where we have more space than we can ever use. Europe, I know it's much more cramped and the argument's probably a bit harder to make. Yeah. I mean, at the end of the day, though, like, you know, are people going to come and see a battlefield or are they going to come and see a, a road? <laughs> you know, I mean, <laughs> I'm not the right person to ask. I will happily go on a battlefield tour. <laughs> no, that's what I'm saying. I mean, it's good. People will come and see battlefields and historic sites. They, uh, you know, they, they, they add to the local community. You know, they're not just for tourists, but, you know, have a, have a nice heritage around. You know, yeah, but I imagine it gets kind of harder when you're like, no, no, you can't build a road here. There's an Iron Age village we need to study. Because Iron Age village, not as flashy. Depends. It depends. You, you if you still have standing structures, because like I know Ireland has a couple like recreations of Iron Age cities and a couple still standing style. Well, not still standing, but... Oh, we got some like um, stone forts and stuff. Yeah, that you can actually um, go... Tend not to fall down. Um, Again, stones, yeah, surprisingly durable. Lots of earthworks, like um, ditches and banks. So uh, yeah, lots of Iron Age forts like that. Um, more so in the like west and south of the country where there's been less plowing, because plowing has obviously destroyed a lot of archaeology over the years. That and everyone's kind of open. Yeah, you didn't have, you know, basic farming techniques until the Romans gifted them to you. I mean, they did invent some cool stuff. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I'm, I'm not trying to take away from Rome's, but if you if you don't know, there is this predacious myth that everywhere just kind of sat around shoving berries up their nose till Rome brought them enlightenment. I mean, that's that's the Romans story anyway. That's the um, Roman. That's the story that the Victorians picked up on because, you know, it made them feel I, I, big. I think you're straying into a whole other episode here. I am. This is this is, again, yeah, very brotherless. But <laughs> this is all to build up the importance of archaeology because archaeology comes and says, no, that's not what they were doing. In fact, they did all these other great things. And that's why you should support 
and make sure archaeology stays well funded. Exactly. Because if you don't, cool stuff. <laughs> I mean, we didn't even scratch on all the crazy cool ins and outs that archaeology does play in pop culture. We just kind of hit like the big keynotes, I think. Yeah, there's just so much. Like, yeah, uh, there's like archaeo gaming, which is like a whole other thing. But um, yeah, I guess we're we're pretty much uh, out of time now. Yeah, we're we're about near the end. So we always end with if you have any concluding thoughts, any real strong feelings on archaeology's relation to pop culture, or how pop culture has reflected archaeology. I really wanted to talk about archaeology in Star Trek <laughs> because that that um, basically pings off those those main kind of pervasive tropes I was talking about. As like we were talking about as archaeologists, as like the looters just stealing stuff, and that is what has picked up in a lot of pop culture. Um, that archaeologists are just looting, th- just stealing stuff. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, which we try not to do. I, I do love that Far Side comic. I don't know if you've seen it, where it's the people in their huts and they're grabbing their stuff as they go. Oh no, it's the archaeologists, <laughs> and it's just so all wrong. the it's just all the native people <laughs> gathering up their stuff to hide. Oh, bad. Yeah, there's still a lot of learning to do. In, in archaeology and a lot more listening to oh, indigenous 100%. people and, and different groups and just being like, accepting like actually no maybe stuff doesn't need to be in a museum maybe stuff just needs to stay in the ground or just live out its life or you know whatever else there's uh, different ways of interacting with the past and um, you know there's not one way that's uh, more valid than others the way um, it was explained to me was when handling artifacts and things like this think about it as your possessions and how you would want someone to treat them. You know, just because you're dead, just because a person's dead and gone doesn't mean that there you shouldn't have a degree of respect for it. I am now triggered by imagining people just pawing at my Warhammer models after I'm gone. Yeah, that's what <laughs> it helps. Why would you do this? Stop it. This Stop it. Wash your hands. <laughs> no. He must oh, have no, been I an accomplished to... general to have all these tiny plastic men. Yeah, and he's painted them so badly. <laughs> <laughs> Must have had some sort of side impairment. No, it's oh, religious God. significance. The bad painting means that they were uh, religious. Oh. And he was a war god. That that has to be. He has all of these idols dedicated to him. He was a great and powerful war god. Yeah, I'll take it. <laughs> Which is the other funny thing. Again, we think about you know I I don't know as we ramble on, of how we look at the average person and like yeah I know, but then like when it gets viewed through the lens of history, it's like who was this great and powerful conqueror? And it's just it's just Fred from down the street he just happened to be at this battle this day well i mean yeah some of these bodies you find you just don't know really uh, i mean like there's a lot of ones like early medieval ones in in britain right you know you find a body with a sword and people are like it's a warrior but actually it was like a big part of culture at the time to just like have these objects as status symbols you've got a sword it's their equivalent of like your your airpods or whatever doesn't mean you're a warrior you know so there's stuff like that you've got to be real careful with interpretations i'm sorry i just imagine future archaeology going oh it's another one with airpods he must have been a great musician yeah exactly <laughs> exactly um that's unfortunately the way it goes yeah i don't know i think that's more of a pro a, a benefit than a you know it's a perk not a but flaw at least we're we're th- trying to think about it more yeah now. um like you know, like you've got stuff where like people find a body with a sword and they're like, definitely a warrior. And then they look at the skeleton and they're like, oh, it's actually a woman. Can't possibly be a warrior. Can't be a warrior. Nope, nope, nope. 
But look at all exactly. these nicks on the bones. Like, no, those are bones from nicks from uh, childbirth. Yes, childbirth. Very aggressive childbirth. Uh, it's like, look at the evidence you got in front of you and make interpretations based on that and not your preconceptions. That's, uh, that's what we got to try and do these days. Hey, that was the whole point of this episode. Then not all archaeologists are Indiana Jones. They're not grave robbing thieves. They're generally trying to preserve. Most of us are very nice. Buy yes. us a beer or non-alcoholic beverage of our preference if you meet us and we'll tell you some interesting stories. <laughs> so this one time I found this really cool rock. Wait, where are you going? Come back. <laughs> My rocks. <laughs> no. Oh, dear. Well, that was a lot of fun. Anyways. Yeah. So this is the part of the podcast where we bring out the special soapbox. You can talk about, promote whatever it is that you wish to talk about and or promote. Oh, well, I, I've kind of already jumped the gun and done that at the start, really, haven't I? <laughs> you can, if there's anything you left out, anyone you want to shout out, anyone you want to talk about, oh, any charities you're fond of. Yeah, I mean, I would give a shout out to Archaeologists Engage, which is the, the charity that I'm in. Um, check out the, the work that we're doing. Um, we've got a really great um, project happening in Great Torrington uh, in England, which is a, a community dig, um, which we did last year. Hopefully will be happening again this year and we'll be putting out some updates online. Um, so if you uh, look up the Dig the Castle project, you can find out some cool stuff about that. Um, so yeah, keep an eye on that and uh, come to Ask Archaeologists on Reddit and uh, get stuck in, ask some questions or help answer some. All right. And now we move on to the back half of the podcast, Suggestions of the Week, where we just talk about something that we have been watching that we think you would enjoy. I'll go first. I watched a fantastic werewolf movie called Werewolves Within, which is a very small kind of black comedy horror movie uh on hulu in the united states i don't know where it is elsewhere but basically a forest ranger arrives in a small town it is snowed in there is a werewolf murdering people and it is one of the town's folks it is both hilarious and very well done and it is the rare surprisingly rare good werewolf movie that sounds great actually love a werewolf movie yeah i would advise it as a great double feature would you watch this and you watch the werewolf the wolf of snow hollow those two Ooh, back to back that? are two really good kind of off humor werewolf movies like it's a horror movie but there's comedy is there anybody you know in it no both of these are again very small like semi-indie projects cool so what do you got for us oh uh, well um, does it have to be a TV show? Or no, this is whatever you're wanting to promote. Like, for example, <laughs> okay. if you wanted to talk about the life and times of, you know, Oliver Cromwell, your Lord personal hero. Triggered. <laughs> I thought <laughs> we were going to get through the podcast without you mentioned. You it. wanted in the book. These are the consequences <laughs> of being in the book. <laughs> oh, dear. I'll, I'll gladly be in your book of grudges for annoying you during computer games. And I'll do it again. Right. Recommendation. Um, so I'm just about finished with um a nice trilogy of books called the age of madness by joe abercrombie um i don't know if you know him but he's like quite a good um fantasy writer um Ooh. so he's written like a bunch of trilogies and standalone books and they're all set in the same world Ooh, i like um, that like at different points in the, like them. at different points yeah, in different the time. Points, yeah. Oh, I'm down for that. I love that. Okay. On different places. It's really good. And you can read them all in order if you want, or you can just pick up like one of the one of them and just like read it. Like this so this trilogy you could read it without having read the other ones. So it's got something for everybody in that way. Cause I know some people want to be like, Oh, I gotta know all the stuff that happened before and other people are just like, Oh, I'll just read this one. 
Um, it's really good. Like a lot of yeah, black humor in it. Um, what's really the good five second pitch? Character. Like if you had to describe the plot in like ten second pitch, what's the pitch? So in this world that he's set up, it's a sort of like pseudo medieval seventeenth century sort of uh, world. Basically, in the big kingdom that's at the heart of most of the stories, they get their equivalent of like the French Revolution. Okay, that, that is the plot. Um, so it's following all these different characters on different sides, and some of them are like the kids of characters from the previous trilogies, and there's lots of oh, that sounds and stuff like that. Um, yeah, it's just absolute chaos, basically, but uh, really entertaining to written. There was one bit right at the end. I'm not going to spoil, but like my my jaw was open. He's very good at writing shit hitting the fan, and then like just as you're calming down, reading the aftermath and thinking, oh, well, that's it now. Then like shit just hits the fan. And it's back story. again for round two. I... <laughs> and you're like, oh god. <laughs> yeah, I can get behind that. That sounds cool. Let's add that to hmm. the ever growing list I have right now. It's a long list. It unfortunately is. All right. Well, thank you for joining us and thank you for listening. Be sure to like, share, subscribe, do all the things because that is the lifeblood of podcasts now more than ever. If you don't share it, the algorithm's not pushing it. And if you're wondering where you can watch, listen, whatever, should be all of the podcast platforms. Like the ones still standing, we are there, have RSS feed. Will travel. So, as always, it's been Lord Commander Ulrich. Be sure to tune in next time. And as always, stay honorable. <laughs>